You may have a seat. So we are in the last week of a series called His Heart that we have been doing all fall. We have been looking at Jesus' heart, and we've been basing it off this book called Gentle and Lowly by Ray Ortland, in which he points out that the only time that the Bible explicitly talks about Jesus' heart is just in one verse. And so we should pay attention to how Jesus describes his own heart in that one verse. And so all the messages we've been doing have been based off of that and then been adding to what else do we learn about God's heart through the Bible. And so let's start with just reading that verse. Let's read the, the passage, that, that part where Jesus is explaining a lot of things, but including he, he specifically talks about his own heart. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, say, "Come, Jesus is talking, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus talking to people who are weary and burdened, says, hey, come to me. Come to me. I am gentle and humble in heart. To people who are weary and burning, hey, come to me. Learn from me. Evidently, yoke has this idea of kindness in it that we miss in our, our translation, but he is full of kindness. Receive my kindness and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart. The heart is the very center of who we are. It's what defines us. It's what naturally comes out of us. And Jesus says, you know what naturally comes out of me? You know what naturally flows from me? is gentleness and humbleness. He is, the, we just, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is God almighty. He is huge. And he says, I will come all the way down because I am gentle and humble in heart. I am compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. I am not unable to sympathize with your weaknesses. I went through them in every way, just like you, but I was without sin. Anyone who comes to me, I will never drive them away. I will be your advocate. I will be your friend. I will be with you in the hard times and even take bad things and bring some sort of good out of them. I don't think like people naturally think. I am patient. I am quick to forgive. I am rich in mercy. I will forgive and forgive and forgive. This is who I am, the center of who I am. And so for the last sermon today, we look at John 13, verse 1. And this passage, John or Jesus is just about to be betrayed, to be wrongly accused, to be wrongly condemned, to be made fun of, beaten, tortured, and, and executed. All of that is happening in the next 24 hours. And this is what it says in John 13:1. It says, it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus loved them to the end. That's the phrase I want us to camp on for a few minutes today. He loved us to the end. He loved his followers to the end. 
What does that mean? One of the things that that means when we look at other parts of the, of the Bible that talk about Jesus is we know he loved with a consistency. He didn't like love for a while and not love for a while. Again, one of the things that we, we tend to do, probably at a subconscious level, is we tend to think that God's love is like the love we experience from each other. And so if it's like the love we experience from each other, then we can't always count on it, if we're honest. Right? We can't always count on it, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not consistent. So I'm a parent. I try to be a kind parent. I try to be a patient parent. I'm a pastor parent. I'm trying to do this. Okay? And sometimes, by God's grace, I succeed. Something happens in the evening at the dinner, dinner table. Something gets spilled. Something, even though they were goofing around, even they just... You know what? I'll, I'll help you. Let's clean this up. It's okay. And people are a little, little rile. You know, they're, when they're younger, they're a little, and hey, you're just tired. Let me, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to pray with you. You know, I do things like that. Sometimes when my parenting is coming through, maybe one of my mother-in-laws is around in the house, and I'll just walk around thinking like, yep, they, I bet they're pretty glad I'm their son-in-law. I'm glad they married their daughter because... Look at me, because I did it so well. And then I'll wake up in the next morning, and I won't have slept well. And I'll think about all the things i got to do today, and I'm totally stressed out. And then and I'm, I'm just frustrated already as my day's going. I think we're, we're late. We're running out of time. I'm trying to get some food made. And, and one of the kids will say, hey, Dad, could you get me some milk? I think you can get your own milk. I think you have the ability to get up and get your milk. You don't have to ask me to do everything. You can get your own milk. Okay, okay. Like, that could be like from one night to the next morning. And I think we experience this with our, our teachers, our coaches, our bosses, our coworkers. We experience this kind of thing. Maybe our spouses. You ever have this where you just have this thought of like, I don't know how I could love this person anymore. I would do anything for them. And then within two hours, you're like, I don't know if I can live with this person. I, don't, I just don't know. Like, we, ex- Maybe I'll deal with it. we experience this. We experience this, and then we think, that's probably what he's like. That's probably what he's like. And maybe at the beginning, maybe when you know, I didn't know much better, and all of a sudden I decided I was going to take faith seriously, and I'm going you know, I'm, I'm to, yes, I'm sorry for what I've done, and I'm going to live for you now, Jesus. Maybe then I could see that he was like, great, and he brings me in, and he, I, he really does love me that way. But, you know, now that I've been at this for a while, and I know better, and I've told him I was going to do it, and I'm still the way I am, he's got to be like mildly disappointed with me. Because that's how I think about myself. But his heart is just this ever flowing source of love and goodness and grace. It's just constantly coming all the way to the end. He loves us all the way to the end. And how does he show us that he loves us all the way to the end? Well, if you look at this very passage, he knows. It says he knows what's coming. He knows who he is, he knows who he's from, and he knows what's coming. He knows all of that, and he still loves us all the way to the end. He still went through it all. There's a passage that's been in my mind this week, so I'm going to go to it now. It's from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. And 
The the end of verse 1, it starts, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We consider him and what he did, we consider his heart, so that we don't lose heart. Now, one of the things that Dane Ortland points out is that of all the things that Jesus is going to experience, like getting betrayed and getting abandoned and, and having excruciating physical pain and get, knowing you are going to die and you are going to die suffering and you're about to do that, knowing all of that, he said, is not the biggest deal of what Jesus did all the way to the end. He said, and he's drawing from theologians across centuries, he said the biggest thing was that Jesus knew he was going to experience the abandonment of God. He was going to experience hell itself. That everything everyone else deserved was all going to get placed on him. The wrath of God is really just God's complete absence. We say, we don't want anything to do with God. We don't want you to be part of our life. Then what that is, is hell. Because God's the source of all good. And so you remove the source of all good completely and you just have hell. And that's what's coming on the one who had never had any broken relationship with his father. Had only known his delight, always. Had had never deserved any of that. And he knew that's where he was going to go. But because he loved us, he went all the way to the end. He went all the way to hell. He went all the way to be the the thing that would be the most worst, the the most unimaginable thing for him. He would go all the way there because of his love for us. And that's where he went. And, And the theologians, some theologians say that the reason he died wasn't, wasn't the physical things, the loss of blood, the hanging on the cross, because normally a crucifixion, it could last a few days before you died. It was done that way to be the most horrible, slow, painful process of dying, and yet Jesus just died in three hours. They went to to speed it up by breaking his legs, and he was already dead. They, They speculate that Jesus died of a broken heart because he had all of hell come on him. And he, who had never experienced separation from God the Father, experienced that and died. He went all the way for us, out of his great love for us. When we consider that, when we consider that he went all the way to the end, that he loves us to the very end, then we don't lose heart. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of us in this room, even in the last week, had thoughts in our head like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know if I can make it. It could be because of loss that you've experienced. It could be because of a pain, a rejection, and a betrayal, an abandonment. It could just be the pressure of work or financial pressures. But whatever it is, it's like I am having trouble functioning because of what's happening. And I don't know if I can make it. And we should consider him who had all of that and way worse, 
who had his heart broken to the depths, but he went all the way through to the end, and if he's going to go all the way through to the end for us, he will go all the way to the end with you. He will see you through the difficulty, the pain, the, the place of not knowing what to do or not feeling like you can function or not emotionally be with and he will go all the way through. He will be with you all the way to the end. All the way to the end. That's how we don't lose heart. We know he went all the way through to the end in sort of the big picture way so that we can have relationship with God, but we also know he will be with you all the way. All the way to the end. Which leads me to one last verse I wanted to look at from Ephesians. Now, it's Ephesians 2, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We talked about the first six verses. And how in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, it says that we, all of us, were dead in our sins. Dead in, in what we do wrong. Dead in missing the mark of Jesus. Dead in looking to ourselves rather than looking to God. We were dead. And had just, we were justified to experience the wrath of God. To experience separation from God. That is where we were, verses two, or chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And then in verses 5 and 6, it says, But God made us alive again through Jesus Christ. Spiritually, we become alive again. Spiritually, we have a connection with God. And not just were we made alive again, not were we just saved by grace, but we were raised up with him in the heavenly realms. All of that is true by the grace of Jesus. So verses 1 through 3 say, This is what you were you were dead, and verses 5 and 6 say, this is what you are, you're spiritually alive because of what Jesus did for you. And in verse 4, it says why. It says because God, well, actually bring it up because I can't, I don't have it memorized anymore. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, Willing to forgive and forgive and forgive. Love and love and love. It's not a love that's like, well, what mood am I in? Or do I have enough time for you right now? Or how am I feeling? Or what have you done for me? It's just a source of love that just keeps coming. He's rich. He's loaded with love and mercy. No matter what we've done. No matter how unworthy we feel. No matter. He is just loaded with riches with, of mercy. Then, one more verse. Here it is. Verse 7. After he, he, he saved us, he made us alive, he raised us to the heavenly realms, verses 5 and 6, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. His incomparable riches of grace. He made us alive so he can keep showing us all kinds of good things. He can keep expressing his heart for us. He can keep showering us with kindness in the ages to come, like forever and ever. It's like Jesus would love us to the end, and he will love us without end. Like He will just keep loving us. In fact, that's what he's excited about. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross because he knew this is what they'll all get. They'll just get more of my love and more of my love and more of my love. And one lifetime, as we call it a lifetime, is not enough for how much goodness and kindness he wants to give to every single one of us. He will love us to the end 
through whatever is hard or difficult or painful or lonely. He will love us. He will be with us to the end. And he will love us without end. He has in his mind, his mind that knows no limits, he has in his mind to do good things for us again and again, and the best is yet to come into eternity. That's his heart. And we don't think of him like that. And we don't think of ourselves as recipients of that very often because, you know what, like, I'm just not that good. I'm just not that spiritual or whatever. No, he is gentle and lowly, and he came all the way down so he could keep giving us that. So, with that, I'd like to close with two things. The first is just that it says he's going to do this, these incomparable riches to show us his kindness for those who are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say for every human being that's ever lived. It doesn't say that. He died for everyone. But it's for whoever's in Christ Jesus, for whoever says yes I want Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of my life. That's who gets to receive what he wants to give. He does not force it upon us. He doesn't force it upon us. So we can say, no thank you. But in the end, that will lead to wrath. Not like angry, emotional, just like separation from the source of all goodness. Because that's what we asked for. Or we can say, no, I want you, Jesus, in my life. Now, this is different than just saying, Jesus is my counselor. Like, he's the one who kind of helps me through tough times or helps me manage my emotion, what's tough emotionally. It's different than just saying, Jesus is my donor. You know, he's got resources, and I ask him, and he helps me out when I need it. You know, those are, those are ways we treat Jesus. Jesus isn't just my insurance person. Okay, well, I want to believe in you so that I can go to heaven after I die, but otherwise you really have nothing to do with my life. No. For him to be the savior of our lives, we say, yes, I know I need you. I need you always. I need you for everything. And to him be the Lord of life, and I want to follow you. I want your, way, your ways to be my ways. They're not right now. It's not what naturally comes to me, but I want to do it your way. I'm willing to do it your way. Help me do it your way. Be my Savior and my Lord. And then you are in Christ Jesus. And so I'm wondering today if some of you haven't done that yet. Haven't said, I want all. I want you all the way in my life and I want to give my life all the way to you. So I am in you and you are in me by your spirit. And, in, and I think, I wasn't going to do this, but I think what I'm going to do is if during this, maybe it's to Maybe today is the first time, or maybe it's through this series. You have come to that realization. I'm going to ask in a moment for you to stand. I'm going to pray over you. There is no pressure. 
you don't want to, you don't have to. If nobody does, my, doesn't, does that, my feelings won't be hurt. But I just think it says if you believe in your heart, which is what I'm asking, if you, have you come in this series to believe in your heart, really for the first time, Jesus is Savior and Lord, and you confess with your mouth, which has to do with you're willing for it to be public, that's why the standing, then you'll be saved. So, get a moment. If anyone wants to stand, they may, and I'll pray over them. We'll just wait. We'll give a few moments. All right. All right. Let me let me pray over. God, I thank you for your great love. And I thank you that you love to the end. Thank you for that. Thank you for these standing, and I pray that you would be with them to an end. You would come alongside them in a way that they literally feel that you're alongside them. They literally have a knowing that you're alongside them throughout life. Thank you for forgiving all of their sins that they have done and even that they ever will commit. And I pray that you would be released, your spirit would be released in their lives in a way that would bring the fruit of that spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may have a seat. And now there's the second thing that I want to pray, and this I did think I would have people stand for. If in this last season of life, you have felt like, I don't know if I can make it. Like, I need help. Because it is hard. We want to pray for you. So again, I'm going to ask for people to stand that have feel like they are going through that kind of season of life so that we can pray for you. Pray Jesus' heart into you and over you. So give it a moment. If that is you, please stand. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I pray for those who are standing because of loss, because of loss of a loved one or a job or a, a relationship, some sort of loss. And I pray, or I, first I thank you, that you weep with them, that you are not a, a God whose heart is unaffected, but you weep with them in their grief. You grieve with them. And I pray that you would come into that space where there is loss and you would fill it with your love and you would fill it with your peace and you would fill it with your hope. And I, I pray for those who are standing where it might not be as much loss as it is much like too much in their life. Too many feelings of responsibilities or too much uh, pain or suffering or dying, too many things coming where it feels like it's hard to move forward. And I pray for you to come in, and like it says in, in Matthew 11, your yoke is easy, your burden is light. I pray you would come and step in and shoulder some of the load. Shoulder some of the load for 
There's a, make a way each and every day where it seems like there's too much. I pray that you'd make a way. And I pray for those who it might have to do with sickness, with fear or anxiety, with what they're battling through. I pray for your healing to come into bodies in the name of Jesus. I pray for medications to work. I pray for pain to diminish. I pray for emotional strength to be given. I pray that you would give things out of all your resources. I pray that you would give. And whatever I haven't mentioned, but you know in your heart, I pray you release, Jesus. You know their hearts. You know what they're going through. I pray you release everything that's needed. Lord, would you lift the things that are so heavy off of them? Would you bring peace to where their minds are swirling? And I pray this for even for those who didn't stand but could have stood. Would you lift things off of people that feel so heavy they aren't sure if they're going to make it? And would you bring peace to swirling minds? And would you bring help? Would you send resources from heaven to help in every area of life, moving in people's hearts to come alongside, surprise gifts, surprise encouragement? Would you move in all sorts of ways to show that you are real, that you're with them, and that you will love them to the end? We thank you for your heart. God, we thank you you love us, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. Thank you. I'm going to ask everybody to stand now. us and you will love us to the end. You love us and you will love us without end. You went to the greatest lengths imaginable to demonstrate that to us, that you love us, that you'll love us to the end, that you love us and you will love us without end. God, put that in our hearts. Put it into the parts of us that reject it, that don't believe it. Would you put it there? Put it there for when we really need it, for what lies ahead in our lives. Put it in our hearts how much you love us. Heal the parts of our hearts where it seemed like you weren't there, or you didn't see, or you didn't stop it, or you didn't help us. Put it in our hearts that you love us. Put it into our hearts how much you love us. We sing this song about you and to you.
keep putting it in our heart.